Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 152. That message kicks. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number seven from Benjamin Evans. It comes from the winter of 1990 and is seven seconds long. Here we go. Hey, that's great message, Paul. That message kicks ass. Monday night. It sounds like you're going to tell me about something that's going on Monday night, six something. Yeah. And six is an odd time. Seems a bit early. Like, usually movies are like seven o'clock. They're not usually six o'clock. But, you know, we used to go out like every night. So, who knows? Can you think of a particular club that you would go to more than any other or? So I was still under 21, so I had a fake ID, I think. We would go to Club Dreamers, we would go to Lounge Jacks, Cabaret Metro, but we would also go to Medusa's because that was the all-ages dance club, and sometimes they would have bands there. Like, I remember seeing Fugazi there. I mean, we did crazy things, too. Like, I remember Johnny Bergen took me to see uh, Kenny Burrell at the Blackstone Hotel. <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad he did because it was an amazing guitar player. I mean, one of the best. But when we got there, it was like us and mostly older Japanese businessmen. And there was this like crazy, you know, like two drink minimum. And the, the cheapest drink we could get was like a, a $3 Coca-Cola. It was outrageous. <laughs> Where did you get a fake ID? Uh, I just made it. I think I would like look, I would go to the library and look at like uh, the state seal. Maine, the state of great state of Maine, they had a uh, pretty simple driver's license. And I knew someone from Maine. So I uh, was able to kind of copy that. And I would like go to the library, make a copy from a book uh, of the state seal and things like that. And maybe even do some stuff in Aldous PageMaker, if you remember that graphic layout program. And then I would go to the photocopy store and I would copy things on, I would make color copies onto transparent sheets of plastic and then layer those sheets of plastic over each other and on top of, so that way you could have like the seal like kind of partially on top of a, a photograph of a driver's license photo. Wow. When do you think you first created a fake ID? It's sometime in high school. I was a huge uh, music fan. There were a lot of all-ages shows back in the day. But, you know, I wanted to see, like, the Ramones when they came to Providence, Rhode Island um, at the living room. And so I had to get in to see that show. Well, so tell me a little bit about Medusa's. What do you remember about it? Medusa's was up near... Belmont and Clark, if memory serves. I think it was walking distance from the famous Dunkin' Donuts uh, on Belmont, which was the Dunkin' Donuts that was open like 24 hours where all the punk rockers used to hang out. And Chicago had that whole goth scene, industrial music scene, wax tracks records, that kind of thing. And when you got to Medusa's, it was a large brick building that was kind of on the corner in kind of a little bit of a residential area. And I remember there were some L tracks nearby. 
but you would just see uh, before it opened wrapped around the building a line of kids waiting to get in and people would be dressed up it was a lot you know it was high school kids a lot of young queer kids and people in like full goth regalia just like dressed up in very elaborate costumes and stuff and um there were also sailors that went there people who were stationed I guess it's like Navy Pier or something. I don't know. I remember these guys because their sailor outfits, they would come in uniform and they, their outfits look so funny in the black light because they were, you know, they're all in white. They really kind of glow. And Chicago had a big skinhead scene. So there were like those folks would be there too. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Medusa's nightclub opened in 1983 at 3257 North Sheffield as a juice bar. Because they served only juice and soda, they were allowed to stay open all night. And in the early years, this often meant until 8 or 9 in the morning. The club got its name from owner Dave Shelton, who, as a teenager in Hawaii, was called Medusa after a drag queen gave his bleach-blonde hair a perm. Before opening Medusa's, Shelton built his reputation by staging outrageous dance parties throughout Chicago. One famous party had a funeral theme that included hearses, thousands of flowers, and Liza Minnelli weeping over Judy Garland in a casket. Shelton's search for a more permanent location led him to a former Swedish social club located in the top three floors above an acupuncture clinic just north of the Belmont L station. Shelton and his management crew made the place their home. Living backstage, along with a Dalmatian and a pit bull, who helped keep the dance floor clean by eating puke. Although the club served no booze, many patrons did their best to pump themselves with toxic substances before climbing the blue-walled stairwell to the club. Medusa's gained a reputation for combining fresh dance tracks with provocative performances. In a club history published by Chicago Magazine, Art director Billy Miller recalled a performance when an acrobat stripped on stage, did an upside-down split, and lit up a light bulb by screwing it into her vagina. This anything-goes attitude extended to the crowd, where goths, punks, and drag queens were equally welcome. Neighbors, by contrast, were not so welcoming of the noise and socializing that took place on nearby streets and the so-called pumpkin donuts at Clark and Belmont. This led the Chicago City Council to pass a 1987 ordinance forcing juice bars to close at 2 a.m. Sunday through Friday and 3 a.m. on Saturday. After Medusa's lawsuit to overturn the ordinance failed, Shelton simply shifted his focus to teenagers, whom he had begun creating parties for in 1986. Kids who faced ridicule at school 
or disparagement at home for their unconventionality could find a refuge at Medusa's. As Ben pointed out, it was also the only place teens could see up-and-coming alt-rock bands like the Violent Femmes and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who had their Chicago debut at Medusa's. Unfortunately, likely due to community pressure and the antagonistic local alderman Bernie Hansen, Medusa's lost its lease in 1992 and held its last party June 25th of that year. After the closure, Shelton continued to produce dance events, and in 1997, he opened a new Medusa's in his hometown of Elgin, an hour west of Chicago by train. Shelton died in 2020, and sadly, his Elgin nightclub was put to rest the following year due to COVID. If you want to juice this podcast, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. The interview was edited this week by Sadie Levin. Many thanks to her and to Ben for his night moves. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.